on maynard.com.au. AU! Open your heart, your wallet, and your. Zits! Bunga Bunga! With Maynard and. Chippity Ferguson. What bunga are we up to, Jim? Bunga 31. We had so much fun at Supernova, it was just awesome. It was a real eye-opener. I'd never been to Supernova. I was always a bit scared of the whole thing. And then I realised it's such a celebration. It's like a modern pagan festival where people turn up and instead of wearing the heads of local animals, they dress up as the various modern gods of science fiction and comics. It's just brilliant. If you haven't been, stop being like me, get out of bed, put something on, don't forget to put something on, and go to Supernova. It's awesome. Bunga Bunga 31. 31. Wow, look at that. I've, it just makes me feel like we've, we've achieved something. The audience has grown and grown. Did you know we're Australia's fastest growing podcast? Both you and I have been all around this great round land of ours, including parts of Tasmania. And it's amazing. There are people in Launceston who are big Bunga Bunga fans who came along to the Hobart shows that I did recently. Yeah, Launceston. They're really big for bungering because, well, there's not much else happening apart from the odd bunga between good friends. I did ask, is, is Bernie still the butt of all jokes? of Tasmanians, as they said, even though Bernie has increased in land values a little bit and there's no pulp mill there anymore, of course, yes, it is still a, a butt of all jokes. So sorry about that, Bernie people. Apparently you are still a butt of Tasmanian jokes. I went to give a talk at Bernie High School and I've got to say, there's some smart kids there. They were really smart. I was talking about how to write comedy and they wrote some great gags. They should put a university at Bernie. That'd shut everybody up, wouldn't it? So much has gone on since we've spoken. I've interceded in the federal election. I, I was in charge of guarding ballot boxes on the day, Tim. You were, and how did that go? Did you guard all of them? I did, I did. I actually did something illegal. I didn't know, I accidentally did something illegal. A woman went to put her Senate ballot paper in and what she did is she put the how to vote card into the ballot box and then chucked her Senate, her Senate filled out ballot paper in the bin, which was nearby. And I saw her do that and I called to her and she didn't hear me because she was scurrying off. So I went and got the Senate paper and put it in the ballot box. That is illegal. Oh, my God. See, this has been a lifetime of crime, Maynard. <laughs> What's illegal is that unconsciously she actually discarded the ballot paper. So what I did was put a discarded ballot into the ballot box. So she didn't mean to make her vote invalid, but that's what happened. And I made it valid again. And that is what you're not supposed to do. But I tell you what, counting, we counted later. And that's what is the hard gig on the night. You've got to count all the stuff. And did you see how many Senate things there were? We had to divide the Senate into 43 different sections on the floor and put one into each one. And, that's, and do the first and second preferences. Not only was your crime a definition, the very definition of petty, but also <laughs> the huge job in counting all those people, most of them Virgos, who would have filled in every single number on the ballot. And I saw how many people voted for One Nation in Glebe. And we're talking about central Glebe here. A lot of Pauline Hanson votes. That's inevitable because not everybody can keep their eye on what's happening in politics. And I think there is this thing called Trumpism 
the new phenomenon where people are so angry at not being heard by politicians, not being listened to by the major parties, that they will vote for any red-haired goat who talks loudly and promises to save the world using a hammer. And hammers are very popular amongst those people. We also have had scrutineers along. They had a Liberal Party and a Labor Party scrutineer along, and they were a little bit puzzled because, as you know, we had a Liberal candidate in the seat of Glebe, not a traditional, and he increased the Liberal vote. So there were either Liberal people who voted moved into the area because of the land values, the Liberal vote increased in the booth I was at. Well, it just goes to show people around here don't read a lot of books and they don't read a lot of newspapers. <laughs> the simple fact is, having Pauline Hanson, who we will have to put up with for six years, which is why they're being so polite, having her and her colleagues and a few of those ratbags in the parliament is all 100% the fault of the Prime Minister, who wanted to be Prime Minister so badly and wanted to call the election as quickly as he could, he decided on the double dissolution. He must have known what the numbers were telling him because I knew what was about to happen. Everybody knew what was about to happen. So next time Pauline Hanson says something that annoys you on Q&A, my poor darlings, don't blame her. That would be like blaming a chair because someone farts in the cushion. Blame the farter, otherwise known as the father of the nation. It was great guarding the ballot boxes and then tipping them all out and we only had two people who drew dick and balls on the Senate paper, Tim. Hello, everyone. It's very disappointing. Come on, pull your socks up, Australia. Get some dick and balls happening on those ballots. Someone wrote, you're all fucked with, a, with an A. You're all fucked. You know, striking a mighty blow by not voting for everybody. <laughs> Seriously, if you're going to vote and you're going to put dick and balls on, you might as well just pay the 50 bucks and not turn up on the day. Well, actually, as long as you vote correctly, you can still draw dick and balls and it's still a valid vote, I found out. It does not make your vote informal because you've still said who you want to vote for, so you can do both. Oh, you mean you can fill in the numbers and if you do it neatly and correctly, Correctly, you can do dick and balls. Yep, you can do dick and balls, tree, draw a vagina, a small cow, whatever you like. As long as the numbers are there, they know what you want to vote for. What if I took one of those things that you dip stamps into and I dipped my dick and balls into that and then oh, pressed right. it onto the ballot? That'd make an interesting look in the ballot booth, I've got to say that. That's going to, what I'm going to do next year. What the Labour and Liberal scrutineers said seems to be happened in this last election, both of them, both parties said that people would not only vote for who they wanted, it was really obvious that they, who they hated as well. So people were really sure who they wanted to put first and who they wanted to put last, but they were not following either party's how to vote card in between. The numbers would not match up with the how to vote cards. Both parties mentioned that. People are going a bit rogue. And the Greens, I, I don't think they increased their share because of the increase in the Liberal in this particular seat here in Glebe. And I thought that they might have increased because they had the woman with the blue hair who seemed quite nice. She seemed very nice and she was going to make a whole bunch of difference in some sort of way. She had blue hair. In Bunga Bunga 31, you will hear Crank Mail. Crank Mail. The sound effect request. <laughs> we'll have an intimate moment with Tim. And Tim Ferguson's right of reply. He's one of those young men that spins around on his head. <laughs> but first, Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Crank Mail. Hang on a minute, Tim. That appears to be some animal urinating in that. Ah, yes. If you know what you're talking about, you know what it was. It was, of course, the Australian treasure, the bilby. 
Uh, when Easter isn't happening, the Bilby drinks a lot of Billabong water. They're known to drink their entire body weight in water every single day. So that is a body weight of Bilby going straight into a tin cup. Uncanny how you can spot that, Tim. When I was in Adelaide, the Adelaide uh, Koala Wildlife Rescue people brought a kangaroo and a koala that were both only about two years old. They're both called joeys. I didn't know a baby koala was also called a joey. And uh, we got to hold them with the international people I've been on tour with. So the Terry Nunn from Berlin and Martika. And Martika just started crying immediately because she had a koala bear when she was a kid on her bed all the time. All the Americans call them koala bears too. They think they're bear family, which is fun to correct them on. I gotta say, just because you said Martika, you are hanging around some awesome people. I had what could only be described as like, you know that teenage sort of crush where you know it's hopeless, so you don't even go beyond a handshake because there's no point in even thinking about the sex. That's what I had for Martika. Martika seems to be quite a spiritual kind of woman. Her partner, the two of them, they've got that relationship where they could finish each other's sentences, they do things for each other and they don't even notice it. It's just so automatic. It's a very great relationship they have. And she's just so quiet. Hello, I'm Martika. Hello, how are you? And then, of course, once she gets out on stage, I feel the yeah, the yeah. What a woman. If you're wondering who's Martika, that says more about you than it does about her. Love Thy Will Be Done. Prince wrote the, the music. She wrote the lyrics to it. Soldiers was the big one that she had, she finishes with. Been on tour with Men Without Hats. We can dance if we want to, we can leave your friends behind. Cause your friends don't dance, and if they don't dance, well, they're no friends of mine. Real life. Wow, I need. Berlin. Stacy Q. Katrina and the Waves. Lamal, who would have to be the Neuromantic's Neuromantic. great and of course Paul the carcass boom boom let's go back to my room have you got one of Lamal's jokes that you can tell us okay right he did this the first night and really you, you think of him as the good-looking suave guy from the Kajagoo and he's in his set and he goes well what three words don't you want to hear when you're making love and the audience is going so hang on did the mal just did Lamal just do a setup line for a joke and the audience looks at him and he goes, Honey, I'm home. And of course, he takes a selfie with the audience every night and puts it up on his Lamal official Facebook page. Check it out. If you've been to the shows, you're probably in one of those photos somewhere. We had 2,000 people at the Enmore Theatre. The lights just went out. I thought we were packing up. Are you packing up early, are you? No, they just haven't paid the bill, Tim. That's all that's going on here. Madam Fru-Fru taking care of the environment one light switch at a time. 
If you want to be customers of the Doug Anthony All-Stars, you've only got one go at it if you're in England, and don't win to the aren't coming near you because you've got London and you've got Edinburgh. Now, the last time I looked, that's one end of the country, the other end of the country. So if you're in the middle... Tell me, I can take it. What? What? Pick which one you want to go to and go to the shows. There's about 20 all up to pick from in London or in Edinburgh, and you only get one go at this. People don't say, oh, we'll catch them next time because you don't know if that will ever happen. Tick-tock, as Tim would say. Yeah, because we're all suicidal. Anything could go wrong at any time. I believe Livo's a bit nervous about travelling on the plane. Very much, very nervous about sitting on a plane for 25 hours. He just gets a bit nervous, doesn't he, when he flies? He does. He gets very nervous. He doesn't like flying because he looks at it rationally. Whereas most people, when they get on a plane, stop being rational. As in, I'm in a situation over which I have no control. And most people relax into that. But only the sensible people actually look at their position and realise no matter what happens, I have no control. It's human to think that we know everything. It's, it leaves us susceptible to surprise and laughter. Of course, Tim's movie Spin Out is coming out in September. Go and see it. In your movie, is there any homage to any other movies within the movie at all? Or have you just gone for the general romantic comedy genre? It's got glimpses of party movies. So it is romantic in a sense, and it's certainly comic, but it's a party movie. So there are all sorts of stories flying left, right and centre. We've got six major narratives that we're trying to cover, which made it a very complex process. There's nothing more complex than trying to make something simple. It's a bit like American Pie in terms of how many stories are moving along, but it's not at all like Picnic at Hanging Rock. Oh, that's good, because at the end, really, I thought Gary McDonald was the killer. Turned out he was the policeman. And it's not really a picnic. It's a bachelor's and spinster's ball. That spin-out, keep an eye out for it. And if you are in America, it may be released there at some stage, but best you just hop on a plane and come here and have a look. That's the cheapest option. Crank mail. Our listeners out there, Jessica Gomezal wants to know, Tim, salt and Edinburgh sauce or salt and vinegar on your chips when you get to Edinburgh? What are you going to have? Brown sauce. It's got to be brown sauce. It's the least flavoursome of the sauces, the most mysterious. Now, is that a combination of Worcestershire sauce and tomato sauce? What is it exactly? We don't know. It's got a lot of brown in it. It's its own element. Yeah, there's a little bit of Worcester in there, but there's just not all that much flavour. Uh, brown sauce, one of the great mysteries of Western society. So I'll definitely go the brown. You can't put vinegar on chips over there. They're already soggy. Lady Pierce says that people think she's the reincarnation of L. Ron Hubbard. What should she do? First thing is lose a bit of weight because it didn't work out for uh, L. Ron Hubbard. Oh. The other thing is, you know, buy a boat, start a bit of a cult and mistreat your followers. Because if you don't do that, they'll go. They like being mistreated, so make sure you do that. Sammy Satine writes, when you watch the news and a newsreader says something like they say or people say, who are they really talking about? Oh, the work experience kids who've helped them when they say a lot of people are saying that's who they mean is because they're the only people who don't work in television with whom these guys come in contact. Also, it is often code for this is what I think, but I don't want to say this in case I'm saying something that you don't like. It happens on Fox News all the time. All the time. A lot of people are saying what they mean is just what you said, Maynard, that mm. like I like to think, so I'll just say a lot of people are saying because they look in the mirror and talk a lot. Scott Burton asks, how tall is too tall? Because you're a tall guy, Tim. Too tall is over seven feet. 
In fact, too tall is quite easily measured. You're too tall if people repeatedly ask you how tall you are. Shell Lancaster wants to know, did Tim look at the book I gave him, How to Win Friends and Influence Pizza? What was the book like, Tim? It was great. And not only that, but I ate it. That's all the crank mail. Let's close up the crank mail. Crank mail! Tim, I think it's time for a uh, sound effect solo request from you. This is where Tim asks for a request. We go into the Maynard International Studios Library and find that very recording. This one's very simple. Ooh. It's a brawl in a German beer drinking hall. Wow, that was in our archives, Tim, but I can't quite date that. Where do you reckon that would have been? Is that a 50s draw, a classic 30s brawl? What have we got there? That was coming out of the war. That was a 1946 brawl when a couple of Americans got drunks and they taught those krauts a lesson. Let's just have a little bit of a burning social issue here. What's that in your pocket, Maynard? Is that a burning social issue or are you just pleased to see me? And this burning social issue I'm going to ask you, Tim, is as a comic, as someone who is not backwards in coming forwards, at what point do you normally intervene in a public situation where someone's being a bit, perhaps not behaving in the right way? At what point you go, okay, I'm going to have to intervene here and just say something? Because I recently had that happen with me and I didn't intervene because I thought sometimes when you say something, it can make a situation worse that might just disappear on its own. So what do you do, Tim? Normally I just jump straight in. (laughs) (laughs) Because I figure if someone's got to inflame the situation, it's best to be left up to a specialist. A lot of people can inflame a situation but not be aware that they're inflaming, which I think was the trouble you're having. This way I inflame the situation and I get away with it because I travel in a wheelchair due to my multiple sclerosis. Nobody punches a guy in a wheelchair all that often. There's either situation where someone was singing very loudly on a plane for quite a period of time and there would have been a dozen or more people within the, the area that were probably being annoyed and no one did anything for about 20 minutes or more. Well, there is another way you can get through this. Well, I don't know if taking control of the aircraft is the way to go, Tim. It's, it's a bit extreme. But that certainly works, gets everybody's attention. Or you can join in. So if the person is singing, obviously there's some kind of extra version that's being exercised. And I must say, they did not have headphones on. They were just doing this out loud. Right, just doing it out loud. So then what you do is you join in, and if you have any degree of musicality, you make sure that you're a semitone off what they're singing. So if they're singing, wake me up before you go, go, you just try and sing along a semitone off so it takes all of the joy out of it. Let's try that now. One, two, three. Wake me up before you go, go. That'd certainly stop anyone from first singing that song any further. If you did that, you could end up, they could end up arguing with you because they might not like you singing along with them and then you've got a different problem. No, because you're smiling and you're loving the moment. You're saying, this is great, this is great. Let's sing rock and roll and ride in, out along. I mean, that's what you do, is join in. It's like quite often in Britain, which we're looking forward to. People always singing in the street after they've had a few drinks. But they also heckle as a group. Quite often they'll 
chanter, dig a hole, dig a hole. And when you're on stage and you're doing a show and you don't feel like digging a hole, you want to get through the show. Huge fans of manual labour, obviously. Maybe some work for the doll scheme that they've got going there. Well, that's what helped them win the war. So the thing to do is just to join in, but just again be a little bit off time. So you start suing dig a hole. I'll show you how it works. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. Dig a hole. So it becomes very difficult because you're the one with the microphone. The way to calm a situation... And Paul McDermott would be fantastic at calming down a situation like that. He is the negotiator par excellence. I believe it was his idea to send the robot bomb in to just blow up the guy in Dallas without... That was was his idea of the negotiation. So tell me, what would McDermott do to calm this potentially flammable situation? Well, he's quite stinky, so he might just (laughs) pull his jacket over someone's head and let them breathe the fumes of his armpits. That robot thing could be something for the more uh, reserved comedian. You could just send a little robot out there with like a like a fart bomb thing in a can and just let it off near the person that's heckling you. It's an ornate way to go around, but then you could blame the smell on them. Do you think we'll see a bit of a return to the old McDermott flying into the audience at some of these uh, Edinburgh and London shows? I imagine it may be called for. Some of those venues are a bit rough and we're going to be going into them. And of course, he's quite fearless. I mean, Paul's very good at calming situations Mm. down just because he's more irate than anybody else in the room. (laughs) You're angry with us. How angry do you think I am with you? That sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I can out-angry you. We are telling you, go see Tim in Edinburgh. Go see his movie. Back on August 23rd, And then we start winding up for Getting Spin Out, launched on September 15 nationwide. Because Bunga Bunga will be on to that as soon as we can. And of course, we would really like appreciate any of your Patreon donations. The reason we haven't been doing as many Bunga Bungas is because I've had to go out and get work. That's why. It's a perfect time for the Diganthony All-Stars to go to Scotland and London. Well, because you're all about healing rift. Well, we're going to get right behind Brexit because it's well, guaranteed the, 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 the Scottish wanted to stay. They, they, they didn't want to go, did they? Well, see, they're pussies. That's why they're pussies. Who <laughs> knew we wanted to stay? Where? What? We, in Europe? We've been pointing this out that Britain has managed to surrender Europe to Germany without a shot fired. Time for Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a political or humorous question that no one needed to know. Don't expect too much. Tim Ferguson, over to you. When Donald Trump becomes president, that's right, dear listener, President Donald J. Trump. When that happens, you'll be thinking, who did this? Whose fault is this? What kind of person would vote for Donald Trump? And the fact is you can't blame the people who vote for Donald Trump. The people to blame will be the supporters of Bernie Sanders because they will stay home because they'll be petulant and they don't like having to throw their vote at someone who might actually keep the whole machine going. So it is the petulance of Bernie Sanders fans that will allow Donald Trump to slip through and become the president. It can't be fixed. I can't imagine anybody hearing this will say, oh no, I will go out and I will vote for Hillary. The fact is, if he becomes president, we know who to blame. And it's those goofballs from the left with the blue hair. And why do you think we haven't seen as much violence out the front of the Republican convention or the Democratic convention as everyone was predicting? Just because people like predicting violence because they can film it. 
Yeah, because American activists, you know, it's been a whole year of this activist violence and shouting and throwing marbles under police horses and then you get the tear gas and also they've got to study. You can't be an activist for months and months. Your homework starts to suffer. They're just kind of weary of it and what's the point because nothing has changed. The whole protest thing hasn't lived up to expectations. It's been a bit of a flop. Yeah, there's a little outburst of what they're calling terror, otherwise known as teenage idiots. But otherwise, America is in much of the same shape it was two, three, four years ago. So people aren't really all that enraged. That's Tim Ferguson's right of reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. That's the end of the show here. Bunga Bunga 31. Let's just recap for a moment. What have we learnt this episode? Not a lot, but I know I'm wiser. You are wiser. Look at your hair. You're off to Edinburgh, and I can now say that I've actually been signed for the Benga Boys tour. I'll be hosting that. You've got the Benga Boys, Crystal Waters, DJ Sonic, whole stack of other people. It's like a late 90s version of the Totally 80s concert with lots and lots of dance stuff, so it'll be like the same people, just 10 years younger. Will Martika be there? I don't know if Martika would go to a Benga Boy. I, I can't see Martika like... But it's a pretty catchy tune. Yeah, it's pretty good. Paul Lukakis, Mr Boom Boom, did say to say a very special hello to you, Tim Ferguson. He's been a fan of your work as much as you've been of his. Wow, that sort of hands across the bungas. So it's a bunga bunga from me. And it's bunga bunga from him. Or as we like to say, bunga bunga.
Bunga Bunga. Bunga Bunga. <laughs> On Maynard.com.au. AU. Yeah.